Clay, when Rick Berman went to Brandon mm. Braga and he said, Brandon, give me an alien alien threesome story. This is not, I assume this is not the story he really expected to come back uh, for better or for worse, maybe. But he's, he was definitely let down by what his, what his sexual interests and the, the, the interspecies sexual acts of other, <laughs> other non-human races must be like and how wide-eyed he was and ready to explore that avenue. I don't think he saw it ending in suicide, but... No, no, no. I think, I think, uh, what I want, what I want is I want three genders and I want them, I want them all having sex with each other and I want flocks to have pictures and I want, I want them to show those pictures to trip. Should the, uh, Mr. Berman, should the, should the non-gendered one look male? Fuck no. God, no. What are you, <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about? This is Star Trek, kid. She, the non-gendered should have the biggest puzzle. <laughs> We're here to talk about cogenitor. It's been a while, or at least it feels like it's been a while since we had a start. And Reed and Reed should have sex in the armory. <laughs> what else should happen in that that plot line, Mister Berman? What, what do you think? And Reed should do? I don't know. Anal. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about cogenitor. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. The Star Trek podcast is back. It feels like it's been forever, but here we are with one of the uh, a well known Star Trek Enterprise episode. So we'll tell you what we think about it. After we uh, take a break, play a clip from the episode, and then we'll come back. Which one's the cogenitor? Right here. Their synaptic density and neural mass are almost identical to the other two. Your cogenitor appears to be no more or less intelligent than the male and female. Cogenitor is the 22nd episode of the second season. We're almost there, Clay. Aired on April 30th, 2003. Getting close. Getting close. Written by Rick Berman. With a hell of a pitch and Brandon Braga. Directed Fingertips by, are all over this one. <laughs> directed by LeVar Burton, Jordy LaForge. In-universe states specifically unknown, but it's 2153. In this episode, Enterprise encounters the Vissians, a race that includes a third gender of cogenitors who are treated as second-class citizens. My brain is in baby fog, Clay. I don't know how to mm. start this one. Where do you want to start, cogenitor? Um... There's a lot to talk about with Cogenitor. Yeah. I, I'm i going to jump to the end of our show and say that um, this is probably my favorite episode. I think this is the best episode of the series so far for me. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't um, think I'm going to meet you there, so this will be good. Although, yeah. I watched this. I watched this. My, my takeaway from this episode is this was a home run that they kind of shanked into a double or something like they they mm. took a mighty swing at it but it just it it hit the uh it hit the fence so hard that it basically rocketed back to second base and the guy was just a stand-up double safe or whatever but yeah if uh why why did you like it because i think that there's i think there's some almost devastatingly bad mistakes made in this episode uh, in mm-hmm. terms of narrative and storyline decisions that they made. So why do you think it was so strong? We can start there. Well, um, it, it's funny because half of it was that thing that I really, we seem to both really enjoy, which is just them sort of meeting new people or just going on a mission that isn't really, the stakes aren't really that high and it's they're just kind of doing space stuff. They meet the and, nicest aliens in the world in this episode. Yes, Except for one, yeah. one which, horrible trait. Which, <laughs> when they did, when they showed up, <clears throat> when they met this ship, and uh, and and the the without seeing them on the view screen, the the guys on the other ship are like, "Yes, we'd love to, we'd love to show you around. Maybe we could just come to your ship and see your weapons. I don't know, have dinner or something." <laughs> Nobody on the Enterprise went, uh, "Guys, maybe this is a trap. Yeah. We've done a lot of this, and this hasn't always worked out for well for us." Uh, but it does. It works out great. Um, and I thought what I actually thought made that plot line of Archer going off with the, uh, the other captain to do their little space jaunt thing work is that it becomes kind of important when Archer gets back because a, he wasn't there to see what was going on and B, he has made such a good first step with this new race that it's 
extra uh, awkward isn't even the word. Like the, it's the unfortunate. situation, extra unfortunate. Yeah, what extra happens. unfortunate that the place that he ends up in is he's really in a no-win scenario. Although, um, would you say that they end up in a bad place when it's over between each other? I guess we don't see that angry conversation. Uh, I where- I would say that they do after after the cogenitor kills itself because uh, that's basically in the same position as they would probably be if the cogenitor never went back to the ship in its standard enterprise yeah um so i don't think they're in the best of terms i don't think they're i don't i mean it's, it's hard to say because we don't see them again so yeah yeah um but what but it, I, but I liked we i mean the last the last thing that you see is, well, and we'll have more. We'll have more to talk about this, I think. But we're just kind of like laying out the skeletons. And the last thing that you see is that Archer gets an. Uh, Tapal says the other captain is calling you, and he sounds angry. And then Archer gets off his bed. You don't see what that conversation is about. Right. But the, the final thing that you do see is him saying, "Well, goodbye, John. It was really great meeting you. I hope that we meet again because we're so fantastic and we're so friendly and everything like that." And Archer seems happy about it. I mm-hmm. I think one of the things I'm going to have to sort of complain about this episode is. I think that there's the footprint for what Archer's more conundrum is there. I don't think mm-hmm. they hit it well enough that he has like, I, I feel that this episode needs them to basically be promising the enterprise technology that they refuse to give at the end or something like something really kind of remarkable, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, don't, I don't know, uh, but we'll get into it. So I interrupted you before we went off on that tangent. I just wanted to be clear that Archer doesn't, um, you don't see the final word between Archer and Tomawak, uh, the other the other uh, character who's named not Tomawak, but he's famous for his appearances in TNG and being the one right, man. Uh, right. All all you see is is him is Paul telling him, essentially giving him the message that they need to talk because the cogenitor killed itself. Yep. <clears throat> um, and so I I liked what they did with that plot line because I I really enjoyed just watching Archer kind of have a good time learning yeah. space stuff <laughs> i found nothing. it oddly satisfying <laughs> so you want to drive this thing is hell yeah yeah and even <laughs> even at the point even at the point where they got to the 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 point in that story where where it felt like they were going to do that oh, here come the art con, the contrived action stakes to put stuff nope they just dive into the wave and they're totally yeah. fine so that archer just pulls up pulls out of the wave and everything's good and they're just having a good time um and on the flip side I I don't I I like I like the other story. I think I like it more cuz of the way that it ties together at the end because what Trip is doing is um questionable at best, I think. Yeah. Uh and so you're kind of following him and and building this own kind of moral argument for yourself and what whether or not you think he's doing the right thing. Even though uh, it's kind of a failure of the acting captain to not kind of squash this out I mean, on Paul's end, she on didn't Tepal's really end. do much to yeah, she didn't really do too much to stop this. But I, I think it was uh, a lack of really imagination. She she didn't think I, I think that she underestimated Trip's humanity would be my explanation for that. They didn't they didn't get mm-hmm. into it, but that would be my take. And uh, I I actually really liked this species, who they kind of go in a similar kind of route to what they were trying to do with the denobulans i think where they were presenting a very positive presenting species that is very helpful and very nice but they have this sort of like dark edge to it the denobulans have it's more of a it's more of a war thing so it's a little bit more violent this one is a lot more murky Mm-hmm. As far as uh, uh, morals and culture go, and when you should or shouldn't step in, right? And um, I thought it was all pretty good until you get that scene—the first scene where Archer chews out uh, Trip, which I thought was fantastic. I really, really liked that scene um, because not even Archer knows what the right thing to do was. Yeah, and he doesn't know how he would have reacted in the situation. And I, I saw a couple, I saw a couple things online calling bullshit on that because he's actually done this in the past. Yes, um, I have questions but, about whether or not Archer's characterization is believable here, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Go, sorry, go ahead. Um, but I think that scene 
goes a long way to kind of not come down on a side as to whether or not Trip did the right thing. And I don't think it has to. I think I think that's part of the interesting element of the story. And I think ultimately the questions that are raised by this are are kind of unique or maybe not unique, but they they're the kind of stories that I want to see from Enterprise where you've got this show about spacemen astronauts mm-hmm. well, spacemen um <laughs> spachemen meeting, or whatever that, that doctor's name is in, in yeah, multiple spachemens <laughs> meeting uh interacting with all these new um people and races for the first time and like definitely not doing the right thing every time because yeah. they don't know what the right thing is to do the social mores um, are very confusing with this it's a lot of uh yeah, pre-prime directive interactions and where, like how, basically how you're going to define the Federation values going forward because you're going to run yeah. into situa- uh, situations like this. Yeah, because you've got Trip who is like in a vacuum doing the right thing, but there are so many moving parts on both sides of the equation, uh, especially on his side where he he doesn't actively know anything about this culture about uh, about he's just honing in on one as- aspect of it he's not really thinking about what might happen if he does what he's doing um which i think is really interesting and yeah i just found it to be and i i'm on the fence about the suicide at the end because mm-hmm. i saw I, I i i looked up a bunch of stuff to see reactions to this because it feels like one that's probably and it is one that that has very uh uh, uh polarized it's very polarizing yeah it's generally and, seen as a very good episode, I would say. It's generally yeah, seen as yeah. a very good Enterprise episode. Yeah, the thing that I got, I saw the most getting called out was the final scene where Archer essentially blames it all on Trip, mm-hmm. or at least that's one way you could read it. Um, I read it as him sort of blaming himself as much as he was blaming Trip. He was just taking it out on Trip. Um, but the suicide element is was really fucking dark i was not i was not ready for that (laughs) um and yeah so i i i don't know uh i don't know if if that's a step too far or if that's the right place for it to land i don't know but i think overall i think it's a really good episode that this is the first episode we've watched where I've actively looked up stuff afterwards because I had I was thinking about it after I watched yeah, it. Yeah, right. You you read reviews about what, what people uh, what people thought about it. I'm yeah, I guess I'm more torn about it because what I like about it is I do think it's a very good enterprise concept. It's a very good, strong enterprise as a series of Star Trek episode, which is based mm-hmm. around this sort of like flawed interaction between the humans and um these aliens that they run into it has a these aliens are into something that humans probably find repulsive or not right and what is the best way to go about interacting with those things it's a in some sense it's a very good prime directive development episode because the Mm -hmm. outcome here is the reason why the prime directive would come into effect right so it's what it's saying is that we can't judge them or we can judge them, but we can't do anything about it because we have no idea what the ramifications of doing something are going to be uh, once it's, mm-hmm. once you've kicked the ball down the line. So it's less of like a moral argument and more just a we don't want to get our hands dirty. And there's weaknesses to both sides of that, I think, in terms of what the Prime Directive is supposed to represent and what the Federation represents and everything. Um, I, think, I think the biggest issue with it um, and the... the the stuff you touched on is the stuff that I like. I think the biggest issue is with it is that I find Archer's story more compelling than Trips in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that unfortunately Archer's story is kicked all the way to the end of the episode because they have to have him off on that journey with the other captain going into the star. But the the conflict that Archer has about on one hand, he's got to befriend these aliens who are super advanced and seem very friendly and willing to share technology. They're not bound by a prime directive, apparently. They're willing to give it all away for free. Mm-hmm. Um, balanced with getting angry with Trip for compromising that, and then the asking for sanctuary from the cogenitor is like a trifecta of different things that Archer has to weigh in his head. Right, right. And I really like that. And what I think is a weakness is that they spend an inordinate amount of time on Trip making this decision. 
And I think by doing it with Trip, what the other aspect of spending a lot of time with Trip that they don't manage to do is that I don't think they spend nearly enough time with the cogenitor, really. I, I think sure, that the sure. I think the cogenitor is really just a pawn in this story. And that's why they had to go with a suicide at the end, because it's like, well, this character is kind of cardboard. Like I, I don't know what's right, the right. what's the impact we can get from this. Well, we'll have to have have to have it kill itself. I think that'll land. And it feels a little manipulative, I think, in a way that some of the really great Star Trek episodes don't feel that way. I feel like mm-hmm. I see them gunning for it a little bit here, and I would have, I just would have sped the process up. I would have had Trip make this decision early, and then have Archer. And I and I know that the the downside is you don't get time to spend with Archer befriending the captain and seeing like all mm-hmm. the great stuff that could come from this, like Reed getting laid in the armory or whatever. Is the other positives that come out of it. Um, I 100%, even up until the final scene of that, thought that she was going to try and take the ship over or something. Because it's very much, it's where it's like, you know, we should have sex after you show me all the secret codes to all your weapons. And he's like, yeah, yeah okay, sure. Absolutely. You know, it's, I, I, there was nothing about her that came off as not suspicious. I was, <laughs> so, I, I was, and just him, a- <laughs> him being the, the weapons and security officer should not have fallen for that. I, I finally heard that say insecurity officer because I, I thought that scene was going to end with her being like, geez, your, your missiles are pretty small. He's like, what, what, what? <laughs> what? It's just that kind of, the line. I don't know if it's even cringy or not. It's, it's certainly enterprise. And I think it defines why enterprise is different from the other series where she's like, I'd love to see your tactical array. And he's like, well, you show me yours and I'll show you mine. It's like mm-hmm. Enterprise, you're really you're really <laughs> you really well, love what's, that shit. What's actually great about that delivery though is that even Reed seems to know how fucking dumb that is to say. <laughs> <Right>? Like he <laughs> the actor takes he, a he kind of like Yeah. No, he like he actively stops himself and kind of like considers what the, the the cheesiness of the line he's about to lay on her, which I appreciate. It's the only way that works. Summoned his inner bond, certainly, at that point. Yeah, I mean that's my I, I think there's a, a real flaw with the cogenitor's presence in this. I just don't it almost feels like it's an episode that needed to be two parts, but I really don't think there's enough in it to be a two parter. Like it's mm. just I, I need development of the cogenitor, I think. I don't know. I suppose other people would think that Archer stuff, but to th- you can respond to that. The other point would be I don't really a hundred percent buy Archer's response to the stuff either at the end. So I don't know. I fall into this area with this episode where i'm like i really like this and i like the idea i wish it was just slightly more in line with what i think the main conflict is really and it unfortunately misses that a little bit for me yeah i don't i don't know about more time spent with the cogenitor because i know what you're i know what you're saying but like the way you spend way more time with the family i guess like you spend more time with that engineer guy than you do with the cogenitor and he you know you know what i mean it it just feels a little bit inverted i guess i guess i don't really know though i don't know how that really changes the outcome or or changes the way the end plays out because if it if it stays the same as it is sure you can spend more time with the cogenitor but what is that really going to get you that you don't already get here? I, I would have built up on the sadness of the asking for sanctuary and Archer not being able to give it. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. the, the they ending, do. They, I will say they do hustle through that a bit a bit quickly. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. But that that would be like I I think that the meat of the story is once Archer knows what's going on because then you have Trip mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing and Archer being like I want to do the right thing but I have a lot of reasons not to do the right thing unfortunately mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, that's all in the last like eight minutes of the episode, and I wish it was the focus of it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of torn about that actually, because I, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't really know how much I would have gotten out of more scenes of Archer debating it or weighing the pros and cons. You know, because mm-hmm. I I feel like you can only do so much of that stuff before you kind of have to get to the point and i think the what i actually really like about the way that it plays out is i love i really like the the urgency of it yeah there's because there's there's not really anything at stake in a large well there's a lot at stake in a larger sense but there's not really anything at stake in the immediate sense like it's yeah not, there's the, no the micro this is not a huge deal on the yeah, macro there's not like a, have a problem with it. there's not like a timetable on this decision really it's kind of if if they needed to, they could probably hang out for a while and hash it out. Um, maybe that's the biggest flaw 
uh, for for Archer's decision is that he doesn't even really attempt that. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he doesn't say, "Well, hey, maybe we can talk about this and and kind of talk it out with everybody." Well, that's where I thought the um, technology would come in. Like, I, I thought there needed to be more of a visceral understanding of what Archer's losing by not befriending these people, you know. And maybe that makes yeah. Archer too ugly because he's kind of like, "Oh, I really would love some photon torpedoes." Like, I guess I'll just throw this cogenitor to the wind. Um, yeah, I. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I really don't have much else to add onto that. It's just I think that the, I, I, I really, I like intellectually understand Archer's predicament here, and I think mm-hmm. that the problem with the script is that it strikes me as a very enterprise script in the same way, in a, in a bad way that is on a good concept of an episode, which is that, I, I kind of feel. I feel the same way as I feel about um, Bakula's delivery of things that he has to do in the last uh, last few scenes of this. I feel that I feel that the show is kind of uncertain in the way that Archer is uncertain, but I don't think it's good mm-hmm. for the show to be uncertain about it. So, in, in other Star Trek series where I really feel this like emotional connection to what goes on, like The Visitor in DS Nine or in The Pale Moonlight or duets in DS Nine, and then there's TNG ones like Family and Inner Light and stuff like that. I feel like there's a there's a level of emotion emotional connection that goes beneath the script in those episodes, and I don't mm-hmm. know if I feel it here. And I'm wondering if that's why I thought that cogenitor was more necessary because I wanted something to grab onto, and I'm not sure that anything mm-hmm. here really grabbed me outside of the this is a cool concept and it's really unfortunate, and I and I love the conflict that this has generated between the staff members of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I find interesting about it is sort of baked into that and baked into the idea that we actually don't spend too much time with the cogenitor is the fact that trip isn't like doing this because he really likes the cogenitor yeah that's he's an interesting turn it, yeah he's just doing it to because he thinks it's the you know all capitals the right thing to do it doesn't it's not like it's not it's different from uh what's the tng episode with the um Riker and the 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 person oh, the outcast. Yes. Yeah. It's different than that because in that one Riker has this, you know, close romantic or nearing romantic relationship yeah. with this character. They they become close. Where this one Trip is really just doing it to kind of make a point. He's or, upset by the idea, the concept right, as opposed to Riker yeah, liking it, the person. The idea, the idea offends him more than the person requires him because right. at no point I th- I can't remember. I think it's Archer who asks him, like, did did the cogenitor ask you yeah. to teach it how to read? And he's like, well, no. So he's he's just doing this stuff. He's just yeah. doing it of his own accord. Which I, I like actually that point thought by Archer. Was, yeah, yeah I, I, I thought that was a, that was an insightful take from Archer too. Sorry. Yeah, and I I really like that element about it that it, it's because I think it makes it that much more gray as to what the right call was. Because when you do an episode like The Outcast where you are laying this emotional groundwork, it makes the choice that has to be made it, – it, it, it makes if, – if they had done that kind of thing in this one, it would make what Tripp's doing more like objectively the right thing to do or like and you, would, you would feel a lot more pathos for the cogenitor and stuff like that. I feel like they're actively trying to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. So you can focus on the fact that Trip is just injecting himself into this culture in a way that different from the way Reed is currently doing elsewhere. <laughs> um, but he's injecting himself into this culture that he knows nothing about based on essentially reading a, a, a Twitter post about it. Yeah, yeah. And he's trying to you know make this giant change, which in and of itself, not bad. I mean, he's... In the grand scheme of things, he's probably doing the right thing, but in he's working on so little information that all he's doing is is causing a problem. Yeah, yeah. I and I I wonder if it. I guess it's a question of whether or not that's intentional or whether or not it's a way that Enterprise tells its stories. Like I feel that sure, the sure. and maybe you're kind of stuck in a weird position. Like I I could see a. I don't find the. Uh, 
be alien engineer and his wife who have the cogenitor to be particularly sympathetic in a lot of ways. Like I, sure. at one point he makes a, a point about like, he gets the ultimate zinger he's in is like, well, I, I guess I, that's what happens when you assume about other people's culture, isn't it? Mr. Archer. Mm. They, and yeah. they, but they don't have a, you know, you almost, I almost feel like you need a sob story on their side about how, how, pregnancies or children on their species are an incredibly rare thing and that they're so happy to have this you know it because it really does feel like there's just a couple who has the gimp they're like well let me go see if the gimp's in its cage and i'll drag it out here and see what goes on with it but i i wish there was more of a um i don't know i know there's not time and i think that's the problem mm-hmm. for this episode there's like a lot going on with it and i think that it's just lacking that kind of understanding the alien culture outside of them just being nice guys that this is unfortunate to happen to. And I know that I'm asking a lot, but I feel that I feel the really great episodes whittle away that, that other stuff. Like they, they mm-hmm. whittle the, the sort of storylines that are floundering on the sides and say, this is not really the key to this. Like we need to focus on this issue. I think this one just misses that a little bit. Unfortunately, I keep repeating it. I'm just going to be a broken record, even though I really like it. But uh, as you were saying, if it's an intentional thing to make the cogenitor more of a cardboard concept in trip's head mm-hmm. that's accomplished here uh i just wish the archer stuff had been earlier there because i really like that archer stuff i think that's a good conflict for him but you did you like archer in the final bits you don't find his characterization odd um <clears throat> i i liked it i liked it because i i liked it more in a vacuum of the episode i think than i did in in a larger point of the series i guess yep. because yeah i think you can come down on on him for i think i saw somewhere mentioning that he had no qualms about completely destroying another civilization for an asylum request like 10 episodes ago or something so why is he doing it now i can't think of a specific events but it does feel like you know i was watching this episode going like you probably could have put archer in the trip role i was wondering if archer should have been the main role because that feels like his kind of a, a point of view but i did get the 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 sense from his last couple scenes i was like does Archer not remember that he was comprom- like silly compromised in these kinds of positions and he he feels harsh on Trip, but at the same time, if you're saying that um, it's because Archer is so desperate to befriend these aliens, I kind of buy that, but I don't know if the episode sells that enough to me that Archer's like, God damn it, like this is the well, greatest thing that we... I think... <clears throat> excuse me. I think, I think one of the reasons why I don't necessarily need more... I don't need like technology to be at stake or anything like that is because ultimately what's at stake is the thing that Archer wants. It's the the number one thing that Archer wants is to make contact with and befriend these new civilizations. And up to this point, it hasn't really gone super well. Like it, it yeah. has not gone <laughs> as cleanly as he probably hopes it would have Yeah. Uh, at, at really any turn. And so when he finally gets there, he finally gets the thing that he wants, and then he comes back, and Trip has just completely dive bombed it. Again, you know th- that's how he's viewing things. I think, I think denying Archer the thing, the the thing that he wants more than because I mean technology. Okay, yeah, so they got extra lasers or something. That's not really yep. that big of a deal. But this is the point of the show. Mm-hmm. Is the this is the point of their mission. And they almost did it successfully once. <laughs> they <Right>. still couldn't <laughs> do it, <laughs> you know. And it's I I I do find that um, I do find that enough for me uh, to to mm. to generate that kind of response. And interestingly enough, one of the things that Archer says to Trip is, uh, I think Trip says, "I was, I don't know, I can't remember what the exchange is, but he Archer Archer comes down by saying like." Uh, if this is what uh, maybe I've just been a really bad example to all of you guys. Yeah. yeah. He's I don't know if he's being facetious when he says that cuz yeah. I mean you could look back at what he's done and be like, "Yeah, he's yeah, maybe he is a bad example. Yeah. Maybe this is his chickens coming home to roost as far as his uh questionable natures and actions as captain go." I mean, that's that's if you're looking at this from a, a macro yeah. season multiple season standpoint thing. But just in the in the in inside this episode, I do think it's it's a really interesting um just the fact just the fact that they have him specifically voice the fact that he doesn't even know what he would do. Mm-hmm. I thought I went a, a long way for me because because usually you've got like 
one person thinks one thing, the other person thinks another thing, and then then they kind of yell at each other for a while, and then one of them makes the decision that is either made to be right or wrong. And even even at Deep Space Nine, when you get into that more murky stuff, it's like someone has a point of view that they make a decision based on, and excuse me, one of the, whether or not that point of view is right is up for debate. But they never really voice the idea that they've got no clue what the right choice is. Like yeah. you never get a you never get an episode with Kira in it where Kira's like honestly I have no idea what to do here. So well, to have Archer, the captain of your ship, be like, "Listen, you did some stuff that I can't really agree with. I know why you did it. I don't know what I would do in that situation." I thought went went a long way for me. Well, so here's the I guess the going off of that the problem I have then if I'm going to accept all of that stuff as true and I do I I, I think that that's there I think that there. The main difference between us is um, uh, that you seem to be more accepting of the uh, the int- the intent, I guess. Like you're you're, mm-hmm. you're all in on like what they're trying to do here, and I would agree with you. I think a lot of it is um, interestingly subtextual for a show that's never particularly subtextual. So I, sure, I wonder about sure. that, but I can understand enjoying it. So. If everything if they if they just backed their way into that subtext, then I, hats off to them because sure. maybe they weren't doing it intentionally. I don't know, but it is there. I think right. It it, it ultimately doesn't matter in the final product because it works, right, and right. you're like, oh, you stumbled into the magical connecting thing that actually makes everything work. But so right. assume everything you just said about Archer's first meeting with Trip is true. Why is he so hostile to Trip in the second meeting? Is would be my question because I think at the second meeting, Archer would have had time to cool down. He would be upset about what happened, but he should also be somewhat torn up about what he had to do during that. You know, and Archer mm-hmm. to me stri- seems like he completely blames Trip for what happened in in this at the very end when he's looking out the window. He's like, "It killed itself, Trip, you idiot! What did you do that for?" I I just expect more of a Trip and Archer conversation where Archer's like, "We're all out here. No one knows what the fuck we're doing. Sure, you didn't do the right thing. You have to live with it." And now I have to live with whatever just the hell happened. And both of them part. There can be a kind of antagonism between between each other because Archer can still hold this against Trip. But Archer, I feel, should have learned something from that and should be like, not that he, he, I think that he should just, and that's why I would move it the, uh, the asylum earlier because I really want Archer to feel that he let the cogenitor down with the asylum denial, you know? I, yeah, I, I would agree with that to to a point, I think. I think that last scene as it stands, you can, if you want to, I think you can read it as Archer um, being as mad at himself as he is at Trip, mm-hmm. even though he's not specifically calling. And, I, you know, the idea of, you know, you do something awful and so you take it out on the person closest to you, that kind yeah, of thing. Tony Soprano's uh, specialty, yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, I think you can read it that way if you want. But, yeah, I think... I think the more Star Trek ending would be what you're talking about, where Archer is lays it out for Trip as to what happened and what Trip's role in it was, but also acknowledges that the decisions that he made cause uh, he's not he's not blameless for what happened. Yeah, it's the ship um, mentality. It's like we're all in this together. Your decisions have caused me decisions that I'm not happy about. Yeah, you know, and I can hold that against you, but at the same time. I'm responsible for my cog of this machine mm-hmm. and my cog broke uh, temporarily there. Yeah. Um, that That's about, that's really it. I just, I wish that was all kicked up a little bit because I, did you like, did you enjoy the scenes with the cogenitor? Like where Tripp's teaching it to read? And I know we keep calling it it, but they call it it in the show. So that's why I'm going to stick with it. But it's like a, it's actually, I, uh, it's actually, a, I'm sorry. It's actually a weird, like, it's it's oddly it starts off oddly progressive, but then like switches back into more of like a a, a, a binary gendered thing where where Trip just starts calling it she. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering because so much of this is in the zeitgeist now, right? Where, like yeah. that, like that was not a concern back then, and also the um, uh, what the hell ass? Like they they also uh, very confusingly they well, it's it's before everyone was hyper aware of this, but they constantly confuse gender and sex in this you know like they 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 just interchangeably use the two words um and it matters i think especially in the terms of this episode but it's it's definitely such a 
you know, for how um, one thing I will praise the episode for is for how touchy of a subject that it might have been then it's it's now it's like red hot this kind of issue right. and i think that right. the episode doesn't embarrass itself really i think it does a pretty good job of going through um appropriately and like sympathetically to everybody yeah i think i think it has a couple if you were to play this now as is i think it stumbles in a couple areas where where uh uh trip is like uh how many genders are there usually? And their immediately answer is two. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes not, but mostly two. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, that probably would be revised for a more modern sensibility. But, uh, yeah. um, and I, I assume that the gendering of the cogenitor as it goes on would probably be a little bit, a little more care would probably be taken there. Yeah. Um, although although I mean, it uh, works here with the ant because of how dismissive they are towards the cogenitor yeah. gender. You know, or the cogenitor yeah. sex. It's weird because because that is kind of an element that that doesn't really get touched on because I think I don't I didn't get the sense that they were using using the pronoun it as though it was the uh, natural choice for a a third gender. Right, that a species it felt would come like up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like they were using it dismissively. Mm-hmm. Because they don't consider the cogenitors to be equal, worth yeah, equal. Um, and so I was a little surprised that it so quickly moved over to she, and they didn't really talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even so, Trip deciding that the cogenitor is a she is also him putting his thumb on the scale of yeah. of what he thinks is the right thing to do. Even though the cogenitor decides to be named Charles, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't bring that up again after the, after that decision. He's just honored by it. Yeah, it's um it it, it is somewhat reminiscent of Dear Doctor because that was also mm. based on the uh, the apparent intelligence between two species and Phlox is like, well, this species actually in in seven generations is going to be more intelligent and it's not right what they're doing to this. So Enterprise is um very in- interested in the relative intelligences of people. Uh, mm. It's sort of a Charles Murray-esque argument about the bell curve or something in IQ scores. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where else to go. About, I, I think it's a really interesting construction of an episode. Um, mm. We'll probably start wrapping it up soon, but did you have anything else that would maybe spur... Like, I... I, I think that maybe the the one of the better things that the episode does is there's there's a couple times where the episode veers dangerously close to becoming unintentionally funny. I think, and the <laughs> the reed getting laid in the armory is one, and the archer wanting to drive the ship is like potentially that's like un, that's very unintentionally funny to me. I think um, it never quite crosses that. But at the same time, it left me wondering, like, this episode's dancing a fine line. Like, it, Enterprise never manages to fully engross me in something in a way that the other series have episodes that do. Because I'm always mm. like, there's a little bit of goofiness going on here. And I understand <laughs> that's the tone of the show. They like that kind of goofy stuff. Uh, but it does sometimes have negative impacts on storylines where they're trying to be profound about things. Yeah, I honestly don't know what the point of the Reed storyline was at all. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but what a what a guy it, trip is just orders the ice cream, gets them two sitting down, and he's I like, know. Malcolm, take it from here, buddy. I know. <laughs> he wanted to talk he, to that guy about his engines. Yeah, much more interested in the engine room than the work he was putting in over there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand what the purpose of that was, no, other than to just be uh, uh, other other than to make Rick happy, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just. No Hoshi in this episode, right? Didn't get no Hoshi. Travis either. Well, no I mean, tra- you, he's in a background in one shot. Yeah, no. you see him in one shot almost <laughs> as though he's like, hey, guys, I'm still here. I don't think you see Hoshi at all, which, uh, I don't which think is so. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, the, the Reed stuff is like it didn't – there was no story there. It's not no. a story. It's just the same situation like three times. Yeah, um, and in a happy ending, like pun intended. But it's, it's a happy, yeah. yeah, it's a happy ending for Reed. It's, I don't know what you would do. Maybe we don't even know. Maybe they didn't have sleep together. We don't have, they never come yep. back to it. 
Yeah, they definitely didn't have dinner, so maybe that says enough about what that's the situation true. was there at that yeah. point. So it should it should have just ended with Reed making macaroni and cheese by himself in his corners and just looking at the wall. Sadly, that was a strange yeah. plot line. That's the that's just the titillation of Enterprise. Really, is all I can say mm-hmm. about that. And I I do find it damaging to the series as a whole that it does that because. Not that Reed is going to start caring about the cogenitor at that point, but you're kind of you're like, what is, how is this going to connect back to where mm-hmm. Reed has a problem with this? And it never does. Um, and I, I, I still I understand why you like the scenes, and I like them too, because I think uh, that the Andreas Katsopoulos or whatever that actor's name is a really great guest star to have on these things. And uh, it's just I feel that the Archer and him scenes take up a lot of screen time in this. They do, yeah. And, I do. I do think they could have probably done about maybe half of those and still, I mean, cause how much do you really need of them flying the ship and palling around, you know, I mean, or just, I mean, cut out the flare that Archer flies over. It ultimately doesn't matter. But like, if I could just do with one scene of Archer being like, this is those two just high fiving down there being like, this is fantastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you just, if you don't even like show them doing stuff, you just show them coming back and just like hugging and laughing yeah. and shit. <laughs> Archer's you know, six it, pack is just walking. walking yeah. Back. This guy is great. <laughs> <laughs> Trip did <He's>, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's. I'm gonna silly. show him what water polo is later. It's awesome. <laughs> We're gonna have a couple beers. It was a. Uh, it's a nice touch to have uh, the aliens interested in Shakespeare, though. That's a very Trek thing that mm. we always make fun of how sh- how Shakespeare is so prominent. But um, it was just nice to have was, the alien like it. I was hoping. I was hoping in that scene where he where he quotes Hamlet. And and Archie's like, what? How did you hear that? And he's like, it's Hamlet, blah 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 blah. I I read it when I was studying Klingon or something because mm-hmm. you know you have you never read Shakespeare until you've read it in the original right. Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> we love those Klingons. We love those guys. All right, let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back. We'll read some patron thoughts and give our final thoughts about cogenitor. And what's this called? Alsatian Munster. Interesting. Don't you find it sensual? Very. Can we visit the armory later? I'm anxious to see your tactical array. There's an old Earth expression. I'll show you mine if (coughs) you show me yours. Thank you very much for listening today to our coverage of Cogenitor. Thank you very much for listening to all the shows. And uh, thank you very much if you want to support the show and the podcast at patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to support us. A couple dollars a month and you get extra podcasts. We're doing the uh, Clay and Amanda are doing the Friday the 13th series on there. We did a couple sci-fi movies. There's like 80 plus podcasts on that thing now. So if you're interested in getting a lot of content and supporting the show, go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. Be like the cool tier, the captain tier, which include Ben Douglas, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Michael Pond, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Andrew Cholog, Cardinal Doomsday, Nathan Ellett, Matt Cutler, Samuel Custer, Nick Sergi, Sean, Grim Santo, Christian Pouch, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, CT, Eddie Ramoska, Kevin Reyes, Vault 13 Hero, Jordan Cooper, Rune Vendler, HH28, Stefan Minton, Derek Zajak, Paul Roscoe, Jake123, Nick the Rat, Poindexter G, Groppler, John Zorn, Kevin Lowry, Eric Santorin, Captain Brazen, Jakey's Gamer, William Scheisler, Scheisler, Corey Martin, Dave Davies, Soylent Blue, Patrick Seba, Zane Majors, Olivier Pardieu, Retail, Wharfs, Tiny Brown Dicks, and Tom Hickey. Thank you all for supporting the show. Now let's go to page new names in there. Yeah, there are a couple. I don't know if people are changing. Kyle might have inspired them all to start changing their names, and I that's don't true. know if that's the case. That's true. But uh, if you're new, welcome. If you're not, thank you for being here for so long. If you've uh, changed your name, you're making it difficult and making it seem like more people like us than they actually do. So <laughs> stop. <laughs> I do a good job of making up uh, 60 plus names for that every single time. Um, let's see here. Enterprise season two, cogenitor. These are the patron thoughts. Patrons can leave their thoughts about upcoming episodes when we read them. There's a bunch, so I'm going to burn through these. Matthew Ross says, so why is Trip the prude and the crusader on sexual freedoms? And Archer's right. Trip acts like an idiot. The dress down at the end leads to a speech, but the repercussions leave no real marks on Trip in later episodes. Andreas Katsoulas, that's the name, is nice to see. The flying through the sun was a boring CGI fest. At least Reed finally got some action. Two three ways out of five. Wow. Matt Wilkins says, TNG's the outcast. Riker and his 
his it friend tried something similar to this plot and failed because its characters assumed that human values are always right. Well, this app realistically examines a complex situation and the consequences of making a simple judgment. Star Trek at its best. So glad they didn't make Trip's relationship romantic. The main plot unfortunately moves too fast, but still succeeds. While the Malcolm subplot could have been dropped. I'm especially impressed by Archer in this episode when he admonishes Trip and Bacula delivers the lines really well. Matt Cabanas Adley says, I'm going to start questioning Flux's medical ethics after, well, sure, I don't see any issues with taking brain scans of people without their consent. The last scene is what really intrigues me about this episode, though. The pictures. The pictures. Get to the pictures. (laughs) Show the pictures. Where are the pictures at? They're buried in this folder system so that my wife, Mrs. Flux, Flux, can't find them. Flux and his hot wife took the pictures themselves. (laughs) Personally. Just imagine it. Imagine it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the last scene is what really intrigues me about the episode, though. I feel like Archer is projecting his own guilt onto Trip here. So interesting. So some people do read into it that way, obviously, as people are, uh, are welcome to do. Maybe he had a valid point at the outset that it's better to let this person be constantly raped for the rest of their life because they can't change the alien culture by themselves. But once Charles asked him for asylum, it was eminently foreseeable what would happen if the request was denied, and Archer either didn't care or didn't think through the consequences of the decision. Still, a pretty interesting episode for putting forward a real moral dilemma for Trip. Four Rigelian genders out of five. I do think I do think that one of the more interesting aspects of this is that you can completely rightly come down and say Archer fucked up. He did the wrong thing. Yeah, he should have given Charles asylum. Yes, and I, I is it a weakness like, of the episode that they don't get into that really? Do you think it matters? I, I, I think for your, I think, I think the way that you view the episode, it doesn't matter. And I think for me, it's. It's somewhat of a problem for me. I, I think. think in that what you were talking about, the way that they play that final scene is is that's where they could have veered towards that a bit more. Um, having Archer, if not straight up admit that he did the wrong thing, admit that he played his own part in this, I think I think would have been a, a good way to do it. Um, but the way they did do it is it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely high stakes emotion going mm. on. Benjamin Espinosa says, wow, blown away by this one. The acting, the music, the whole package seemed really polished and overlaid on top of a pretty tried and true story setup. Where it's different is in the gut punch of the ending. Real talk by Archer, who even admits he has not set the right example when it comes to species interference, leaving Trip undisciplined and leading to tragic results. Four out of five. Grapple John Zorn says, like Black Mirror, this is good, but Trip's tailspin is hard to watch. The script goes down way smoother if you replace every instance of the word cogenitor with the phrase Isaac Hayes album. I'm pleased to know that Reed's phrase phase cannon emits the maximum yield of 80 gigajoules, and he's not shy about saying so. Pity we can't see him zipping up his boots Kirk style while his new friend tells him that they're not having dinner. Four, as with <laughs> Kolos and Judgment, I really like the bromance with Archer and Tomalak. I just wish we had got to see some payoff in future episodes. Four out of five. Is so there some- an Isaac Hayes album named Cogenitor? I don't understand that joke. I think it's just um, they're the, the spice that makes the babies happen. Is oh, the way that I'm reading that. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Ewan Tibbet says, I love it when Trek revels in the courtship of a new species. That really helped me engage with this episode. The trip stuff was decent, but Charles deserved more character. I would have liked themes of rape and gender to be explored. As it is, the cool world building done for the Visians goes to waste on a story that could have been in any other episode. It's interesting. I kind of agree with that, but not quite as um, intense, yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know if I would agree with that, actually, but... Well, whatever. I would agree that I, I'm. Yeah, I don't, what, I don't know if I would agree with the fact that it could have been in any other episode. I guess. Sure. Yeah. I'm. I'm torn and could be convinced easily that I don't need more congenitor stuff if the mm-hmm. Archer stuff had been pushed forward. But I think that sure. um, that's that's it's kind of a wishy washy complaint on my end. Uh, Kyle Bauer says, Cogenitor, not only a great episode of Star Trek, but specifically a great Enterprise episode. While this story could, in theory, work on TNG or Voyager, it's the naivete and the meddlesome behavior of the inexperienced Enterprise crew that really makes the episode succeed. Cogenitor mm-hmm. explores these handmaidens' tale style concubines in surprising ways and has one of the most devastating endings in all of Star Trek when Charles takes a trip to the rope store, followed by a trick <laughs> to, trip to the rickety stool store. The episode doesn't reach to you from a moral high horse about which were the right actions to take. It simply leaves you at the end reflecting on the consequences. It's a shame that it wastes too much time on the B and C plots and introducing ice cream or chocolate during first contact with aliens is so overdone at this point. The highest four out of five possible. 
Poindexter G <laughs> says, sorry. I too have a fond love for cheese and have attempted to use its powers for seduction. <laughs> These attempts have been sadly to this point unsuccessful. Back to the serious points. I don't think this episode really gets into the issue of congenitor rights versus the reproductive needs of the populace. The congenitors make up such a small percentage of the population that if they were allowed to not comply, it would seriously mean the eventual death of their civilization. This is a good point I hadn't thought of until this point. How are the cogenitors not the power wielding individuals right. in this? Yeah. Well, it reminded me a little bit of the uh, the Kelpians, the mm. way that they they were portrayed on their planet before uh, Red Angel or dive bombed it and blew everything up. <laughs> like it was, I, I I was thinking about that about that episode of Discovery while I was watching this, in how they are kind of similar, but they are portraying this. They they show essentially the complete social destruction of the planet in Discovery when yeah. when Michael blows everything up, yeah. and they portray the um, muck monsters there as a objectively evil race yeah. that is liquid oil, on, liquid evil. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same thing that killed Tasha Yar. Mm-hmm. It's never good. Um, but yeah, it's it's portrayed as the bad guy because. Yeah. Because of what they're what it's doing to uh, the Kelpians and whatnot, which obviously what it was doing was was bad. It was, and we know a Kelpian. Them. Kelpian seems like a good guy. Yeah. So whatever these yeah. guys are doing to these Kelpians is not right. What we know is that at least one Kelpian is great. <laughs> so I assume more of them are pretty good too. <laughs> That's discovery. Watch Michael Burnham might as well just say that about it's something. But just be like, well, we met one. And they're great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with it. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. <laughs> the cogenitors make up such a small percentage of the population that if they were allowed to not comply, it would seriously mean the eventual death of their civilization. What should Trip have done? Are they mistreating cogenitors? Are Archer, Trip and Archer partially responsible for Charles's death? What do you do when three percent of your population can control all further reproduction? All of these are questions left to ponder. I do think that's interesting. See, I don't know if that's devastating mm. to the episode, but it's definitely a like, yeah. Why? Why aren't they in control of everything? Seeing as they're the the species that control, or they're the gender that makes babies happen, basically. Yeah, and I, you know, one of the things about this is I I don't actually want more explanation as to uh, the the social. Uh, the way the mating rituals and yeah, the, the dyna- sexual the dynamics visions. work and stuff, because the whole point of it is that Trip isn't taking any of that into into consideration. Yeah, he's acting com- totally off of his his first uh, first idea of what he's seeing. Yeah, so spending more time like expanding that out, while sure, I mean, I guess from a sociological standpoint, it might be interesting, but like mm-hmm. for the story they're telling, I don't think it. I don't think it does anything. Uh, it opens anything up. For uh, you. Opens up Pandora's box. Like yeah, if, if yeah. They, you know, if Flock started really explaining how this worked beyond they provide an enzyme, I'd be like, why? Why, why are we talking about this? I don't need. I don't yeah, need to understand yeah. how the sex works to make a, a baby come with three people here. Latte Librarian says, Cogenitor, if this episode were made today, it would be done very differently. Archer came off as hypocritical considering all of his ill-considered meddling in other species. The message of this episode didn't land with me since I'm not exactly sure what it was trying to say. I dislike that the responsibility of the cogenitor's suicide was put on trip because it seems that was the only bit of agency Charles had and it was their choice to exercise it even if the others didn't approve of their decision. Yes, I would agree with that. I think it's more... I think the conflict comes more from Trip and Archer feeling that they let the cogenitor down. Trip especially mm-hmm. feels that way. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's a sensible ending for the cogenitor. I can understand them making that decision, but I think that Trip and Archer feel that they could have done better than what they did. And Archer, I think, is just not as clear in in that uh, towards the ending as Trip is. Well, he does have that one line in there. <clears throat> which I like that I think sort of speaks to Archer feeling more guilt than he's letting on is he starts kind of like backtracking the, the events and he's like, someone's dead because we made first contact. If we had never made first contact, that person would still be alive. And yeah. that I think that sort of is, can, can be read as him looking at the whole mission. So it's, it's not necessarily just the actions of trip. It's like, arguably uh, is the is what they're doing out here actually benefiting anybody because yeah. they made contact and now someone's dead yeah yeah and i good. also don't think i also don't think his hip- hypocrisy is really like yeah you can call it out but 
I I don't think it uh, I don't think it hurts the episode. Mm-hmm. Because, All right, so hypocrisy you're talking about. Yeah, because I think he's making a choice, right? He's choosing to, in this case, be hypocritical, mm-hmm. and that choice has the consequences that it brings. And someone ended up dead. So yeah, yeah. I I guess it goes back to the the take on Archer about whether or not he's self aware of his hypocrisy mm-hmm. or if he's right, just so right. dumb of a character that he doesn't understand what's going on. I think that I think the show thinks he's intelligent enough, but building on it, what we said about all the other episodes where he doesn't seem to learn anything, the show doesn't write him that way that I think mm-hmm. is kind of an actually a disadvantage of the character that he's not um seen as maybe not being making the best decisions all the time, but at least he's like, well, I shouldn't do that again. I shouldn't repeat that there. And maybe that's where the hypocrisy is kind of um, more troubling than not. Because mm. if he's, yeah, there's there's room there for you to be angry at Archer for taking it out on trip if he is aware of his own hypocrisy there. And I don't think the episode itself gets into that too much. Yeah, yeah. I think but, I, I I do agree with you. I think that last scene could have been fine tuned a little bit more to get into Archer's head a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I guess I, you know, I, it's probably the the right way to go. Mm. Um, but I guess it depends on how much you want his internal feelings spelled out in that moment. Yeah, uh, which you know mileage will vary. One very off-topic thing before the final comments: uh, they did a because the Enterprise is constantly orbiting a giant star in this episode. They light the sets as if bright light is coming in through the windows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very Generations-esque, where the, the 10 forward scene where uh, there's the light coming from the star because they had the budget at that point to actually light the scenes appropriately. I wish um I wish the shows... I know they're not always near a star. I wish they did more of that where the mm. light, the ambient space lighting was lighting the scenes it looks neat it it's just kind of reminds you that they're they're out there next to something huge burning ball of gas yeah does uh, discovery does it quite a bit i mean yeah discovery uh, discovery's a, a great looking show just in general so it doesn't surprise me i was gonna say we didn't talk about i mean it's not the first time he's directed one but lavar burton again great episode i thought he it was very well directed i thought yeah i forget what he's done a couple of enterprises before this one he might have done Dear Doctor, I think maybe I'll have to look it up uh, at some point. But yeah, he's he's a competent director. All the TNG yeah. directors seem pretty pretty competent in what they're doing, uh, except for Patrick Stewart. <laughs> so Nick yes. Perez says, yeah. final comment, co-janitor. Where were Archer and Drenick sleeping, shitting, and showering in that tiny ship for three days? How long did Trip kidnap and teach the co-janitor for with uh, for without being noticed? How does half the cast justify their paychecks with such little screen time? What exactly was Trip's punishment for destroying a civilization's culture? I give this episode one gender out of three. I have to do the wow. math to get that one. Yeah, I'd said uh, it might be high, it's sure higher it than the two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's I, he's beaten uh, Matt Ross. I was thinking about that though at a certain point where um when when Trip sneaks off to go hang out with the cogenitor he's like yeah you know I'm just going to go grab a bite to eat real quick and then they're back on Enterprise for like 2 days. Yeah. yeah. So I was like so is this all continuous where he went and he's been hanging out there for like 24 hours teaching it, teaching her it choose your pronoun Charles mm-hmm. she, teaching Charles how to Charles. eat. Um <laughs> And nobody, nobody seems to notice that he's gone. Uh, that he's he must be eating the world. He's eating like a six foot party sub, I guess they can assume because mm-hmm. he hasn't come back in in three hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the, the Malcolm can bring the mac and cheese to the, as a side dish for that. Yeah, they. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I can't make a good version of it. I'm just thinking of the pun, like some serious conversation between Archer and the cogenitor and he's Archer's just like Charles you're in charge <laughs> and then <laughs> Trip just Trip just like in the background <laughs> unfortunately it doesn't happen cogenitor is done that was a big enterprise episode yeah um, that's a good one so let's see what we think about it kind of a disperse uh, a variety of opinions of people we had a two we had a one out of three which is somewhere around a two and then we had a four out of five was the high end of the spectrum and a couple of threes maybe in there. Um, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a five. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. This is the, the the one episode I think since Dear Doctor that has made me actually like 
think about it and consider it more than just the hour that I spent watching it and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the questions that it brings up are really interesting, especially in this show specifically, given what their mission is and what they're trying to achieve. I thought it was a really interesting uh, story. Um, and yeah, I it's like I said at the beginning, this is what I would want the show to be more like. I mean, it doesn't have to be this heavy every time, but right. this idea that there is <clears throat> they're, they're new reaching this. out, they're new yeah. at this, and they screw it up from time to time, and those screw ups have consequences. Yeah, yeah, it's really the um because I think they do do that. They they focus on episodes like that um, occasionally. It's the it's really the it's the serialized spine that the show needs that it doesn't have, where the mm. the decisions are compounding on each other, and they they sort of do it in like episodes like Judgment, where they bring up evidence. So it's like Archer, you've done this, this, and this, and these are the, the good things that you've done, but it never feels like um, it's building within Archer as a character. It's never yeah, it never feels yeah. like he's developing into a heroic man who's going to found the federation down the line um and i think that maybe that's a little bit of a letdown for enterprise yeah and one of the other things just the, the, that i found interesting about this one is art i feel like a lot of the other episodes have ended up being kind of archer slash the humans projecting their own vi- values onto other uh other species yep and Ch- ch- taking their moral their moral high ground is the as the correct way to go um the humans I, moral, I, sorry who's yes moral, the humans yeah, okay. the humans moral high ground and i like that this one they very clearly were trying to push against that being like well that's not always the case or if it is the it's not at least it's not always black and white it's not as black and white as we have portrayed it in the past in the show yeah that's interesting because i I feel that the humans take a very the I feel like the human stance here is correct and the way that they would have flipped to that is that Trip is upset by the relationship and how the cogenitors seen, but the cogenitors themselves see what they're doing as a kind of noble calling, that they are right, special right. for what they're able to do. And mm. so from a human's point of view, they're basically indentured servants who are used as concubines, but from the eyes of the cogenitor, they're the ones that are, even if the other people in the species don't particularly hold them in high regard, the cogenitors have a kind of like religion built around themselves where they're the ones who are keeping the ship afloat for mm. this species. Like they're they're ultimately necessary. Um, but I'm not sure. That would have brought up the whole problems about why don't the cogenitors hold all the power in this relationship uh, because they seem pretty important. Right, right. I'm going to give it a four, I think. I gave Dear Doctor a four. Four is the highest I've seen of Enterprise, I think, to this point. Um, I think it's... I really love the the concept. I think it's a great Enterprise episode. I really love the potential that was there for the Archer and Trip scenes. I feel... I still feel the Dear Doctor, uh, Flocks, and Archer scene was probably better in that short sequence where Archer and Flocks mm. are debating what to do than either of the scenes here, but I really like them just the same. It's just... I, f- I feel it's just missing some some clarity that would really grab me uh, from this. But I do think it's very good, so I'll give it a four. It's probably the second best episode of the show to me. I don't mm-hmm. know if Dear Doctor... It's either the first or second. It's either Dear Doctor or this one, I think. Or my yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's probably a, a, a coin flip between yeah. those two. I think... I was thinking about that, and I think the only reason this edges, edges it out for me is this one... I'm going to pull the uh, <clears throat> uh, balance of terror card here. And say that I feel like this one is more unique to this series. Yeah, it's a better use of Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Dear Doctor, I feel like it could have been on any episode, any series of Star Trek, and more or less been the same. Agreed. Agreed with that. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Patreon.com slash The Penske File is the best way to support us. Go there if you want to support the show at Patreon.com slash The Penske File. We'll be back with Regeneration is the next episode. The Borg make their way to Enterprise. I bet it's going to be fantastic. It's fun. It's fun. It's it's a fun episode. We'll see. I I can't remember how I feel about it critically, but it's uh it both makes sense and is fun. So if if those are the two things you look for in Star Trek, it'll be an okay score, I think. Um, anything you want to say all, before we all go? I ask. So we ask. Uh, this uh, this week we had a new Rotten Horror Picture Show come out. We were covering Your Next, which is a 
fun home invasion slasher type movie from 2013. Uh, we just, as Wes said earlier, we just put up our first episode on Patreon of our coverage of the Friday the fir- 13th series. That's the franchise, not Friday the 13th, the series. Mm. A little um, tease is going to go out on YouTube for that. It won't be, it'll, it's like 15, 20 minutes of the full episode is yeah. going up on YouTube. So yeah. if people like it, they can check it out. But it's not the whole episode. The whole episode is like an hour and a half on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be doing one of those a month uh, as we go through the series. Um, and the badass Q&A episode should be up next week, I believe. Mm-hmm. We're continuing. Hopefully we're back on track with one Enterprise a week. That'll pick up at some point down the line, I would have to think, because otherwise we'll be on Enterprise for years. Um but yeah, we're almost done with season two. So let us know what you thought about Cogenitor. Let us know where you thought either of us were right or wrong in the comments down below. Send an email, all that stuff. That's it. See you guys around. Hopefully you enjoyed Cogenitor. We're back on Enterprise. We'll be back with, I think it's Regeneration, I think is the next one. I'm going to check that just now so I'm not speaking out of my ample posterior. Regeneration, that is the episode. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time.